Hello and welcome to the Thriving Abroad Together podcast series and episode 17. I'm Louise Wiles, an expat change and transition coach and your host for these conversations. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're staying safe and healthy in these extraordinary times. Now, over the past five weeks, I've been recording and publishing the Thriving Abroad Together series. And in this series, I'm speaking to a range of amazing professionals who have perspectives, insights and advice to share that I hope will support you and your loved ones through this challenging time. You can go and take a look at the past interviews on the Thriving Abroad website, clicking on the tab Thriving Abroad Together podcast series. And for each episode, there are handy show notes which contain a summary of the key takeaways from each conversation and all the links and resources mentioned. Or you can sign up to receive the regular newsletter and I will send you links to download documents containing the show notes so far and I will keep you up to date with all the future podcast episodes. Now, if you're listening to this on the Thriving Board website, remember you can subscribe to this podcast series on any of the major podcasting hosts such as iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify. So on to today's podcast episode. If we're all learning one thing through this current pandemic, connection and collaboration is at the heart of much of the amazing support and community spirit that's popping up around the world. And this is probably something that doesn't surprise those of us who are or have been internationally mobile. Collaboration is often at the heart of our most positive experiences. From the fundamental and practical support provided by international communities welcoming new arrivals to the ongoing evolution of social groups designed to support over the longer term. In this podcast, I speak to the three founders of Generation Mobility, a new online platform designed to help global employees and their families transition smoothly into a new culture, country or situation. They bring a shared purpose in terms of their desire to support the internationally mobile. And while they each came to be on international relocation or to live in Norway for very different purposes, they realised their experiences shared many common challenges and themes. Their stories are rich and multi-layered and it's heartwarming to hear how they came to be working together on this truly ambitious project. The strength of their project is that while it is built from their collaboration, it will evolve and grow based on the growing collaboration of all the participants. Listen as Alicia, Kathra and Wala tell you about their story. Enjoy the conversation. Hello and welcome to the Thriving Abroad podcast and for today's conversation I'm really excited to welcome the three founders of Generation Mobility, that is Alicia, Kathra, and Wala. Welcome. Lovely to have you all here today. Great being Thank here. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm fascinated to learn more about your current project and project that is Generation Mobility and your sort of plans for Generation Mobility. But as a, a start, really to start with understanding how, how it's all come about, how you come to be working together, how you are involved in this sort of sector, if you like, in the area of international mobility. Um, 
and what your hope is in terms of the contribution that generation mobility is going to make for the mo mobile population. So shall we take it one by one? Would you all like to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good idea. That, that, yeah. Okay, so who'd like to go first? Um, I can kick it off, Alicia. Okay. Uh, so our, we are three, of course, migrant women who have lived outside of our home country and are, are living outside of our home country with uh, three very different stories, but very similar challenges that we were trying to solve as we were all in Norway, actually. Um, mine started in 2013 when my husband asked me to move abroad with him. And after working, um, you know, having a successful career back home, his Norwegian friends told me that my life would be easier. I would come in, learn the language and get a job pretty easily and just thrive there. And to my shock, uh, it wasn't as easy. The country is beautiful. It was great. But there was some human response that no one ever talked about um, when moving abroad. Just the natural things of when you're sick, you don't, you know, what do you eat? <laughs> you know, who can bring you soup or whatever you need? Mm -hmm. And I found myself, uh, I had a crash. And, and after kind of going through a process myself, I have a, I opened a private practice in Norway, a counseling practice, as I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and from California. And I started to see a lot of military diplomats, uh, just uh, professionals abroad, as well as um, uh, intercultural marriages. And what I found is that it was very similar. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, what they experienced and that I wasn't by myself. And it led me to go into a start a company and go into an accelerator program, uh, which is where I'll stop because that's where we all met. But I'll let them, them tell you a little bit about themselves and continue the story from there. OK, fantastic. Well, thank you for that background. So, Catherine, would you like to go next? Yes, Katra here. Katra, sorry. Hi. And uh, yes, and my story is uh, a little bit different. I came to uh, to Norway back in the 90s uh, and I came with my family uh, 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 through the UN. So I came involuntary right. with my family to a new country that uh, I didn't know anything about. Uh, and I both experienced myself as a teenager uh, mm -hmm. to come to a new country and experiencing the challenges of moving abroad, but as well as... Um, uh, as well as observing my parents and the struggles they had uh, regards to adapting to a new culture and a new country. Mm -hmm. um, and they didn't actually realize it right away because, you know, it, when they came to Norway, it was like, okay, now it's safe, everything is okay. But it took them some years before they realized, wow, you know, that they didn't cope with it at the right time and the, the system wasn't aware of the challenges that they might be going through. Mm, it mm -hmm. hits them really hard some years later and something I have seen in many in, uh, the, the, those type of challenges. So I have, um, uh, through my, my work and through my um, uh, engagement in regards to especially integration and qualification of uh, international uh, involuntary, especially involuntary global citizens who have moved abroad with their families. I have seen the same type of challenges that people go through when they move voluntary. Mm -hmm. uh, but I actually met Walla through another story where I met her actually through a program called Global Future uh, back in the 2015. Uh, it was a leadership program for first generation migrants that, um, uh, yeah, 
the purpose was to get it in top level management and and uh, to um, show to the to the to the country that they here is we have so many talented people that we are not seeing how can we utilize that mm-hmm. uh, in so it was a program with 250 people you know high level people but all of them had some struggle regarding you know uh, getting their skills and their um, background to be utilized um, uh, and then after the program ended me i contacted Lala and i said you know what it it, it does it cannot stop here mm-hmm. so we um so from there we started and we met alicia in at founder institute and our journey started there so i will let Wala talk about her journey uh, where we all met and how the journey then move on to be this generation mobility company brilliant well thank you Catherine. Okay, well, i uh, love to hear your story too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I'm, uh, I have been an immigrant the whole uh, period of my life. I was born uh, in uh, Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates, and I have Egyptian roots. Uh, well, at that time, being born there, you don't feel like you're an immigrant. But um, I, came back, I came to Norway because of love uh, 15 years ago uh, with uh, high education and everything, and I thought that I owned the world. And then I crashed emotionally because of the transition and the normal transition that comes with that. Um, uh, and I always say to myself, I wish I found myself now, 15 years ago, it would have helped us, so it had helped me personally, and I think many in my uh, situation that time. Um, so uh, my own experience when I relocated to Norway left me with like a unique set of strengths and insights into the challenges that highly um, skilled uh, people who relocate um, face. And in 2014, basically, uh, I was uh, one of these 25 candidates that Nora uh, Katra were talking about, and she herself, there were 250 top candidates, and there were only place for 25 candidates in that program, which was called Global Future, um, which shows actually the, the, the type of talents that are not leveraged or utilized to be, um, yeah, uh, in the place they are qualified for and after that program uh, when we didn't see anything uh, going on um, Katra contacted me and she said we have to do something about that and about the professional part of transitioning abroad and from there we went to, we went to that founder institute the accelerated program and there were 40 ideas and only eight ideas graduated uh, after it was a very intense it's a Silicon Valley uh, accelerator program a high top level and we were the first cohort in Norway and uh, Alicia had her emotional transitioning um, company which was called Global Counseling Solution and after the Founder Institute program was over um, we had a very good talk together and we said oh my god oh, uh, we love we really our heart is for collaboration and partner to partner a good efforts and we said we are stronger together we build we build we want a community we want a world uh, with better potential for people transitioning abroad and from there was the birthday of generation mobility fantastic wow i i just love that what you've done is to pull so many different strands from the, sort of the story that you hear about you know, in terms of international mobility from the different perspectives that, you know, I, I, I've, I've been involved for so many years, but um, so often people work in, the, in, in different sectors, but not pulling it together and recognizing that there is so much shared experience and therefore so much Absolutely. Value which is really powerful. So um, thank you for sharing your background. So I can see how you have now all come to be working together on this project. Um, 
So when you, you talked a little bit, each of you, about the challenges you faced, um, but when you're thinking about the international populations that you want to serve and support, what do you see as being the key challenges that you need to be um, ready to address with, with that population? Um, I can maybe jump on that. Um, yeah. So, for um, of course, uh, you hear from our stories that we have different perspectives and angles. Even like uh, traveling um, voluntarily or involuntarily, we face emotional challenges, and uh, this can come because of culture shock, language differences. You have you want to create a new social network or new routines or habits. And I have to refer actually that we recently wrote an article um, which was published on Thrive Global, which is being stuck in a and this was also more intensified being uh, during the COVID-19 situation when you are transitioning abroad. I know Alicia has a story there uh, wanting her husband to come because of the, the un, like you don't know the challenges behind being stuck in somewhere and you don't know what's coming on in the future. Mm-hmm. So being actually like if you are not in your own country, that's something that you're stuck in, in your own country is one thing, but being transitioning in another place and you're being living in another place abroad actually intensifies the problem uh, when uh, you are uh, stuck in that. And I can also refer, for example, to my parents living far away and I always have this uncertainty when I'm going to look at them, when I'm going to see them, meet them, my brothers, the whole family, you always keep these thoughts. When is it going to end? Uh, so people may feel stranded with limited or no international flights available, like you cut them from the family and friends, etc. And I think, uh, so these are like challenges being transitioning abroad with a pandemic ongoing. Mm. Uh, but I will also give the word to Katra, I guess, when she can talk about international companies or companies and the challenges uh, that they can face uh, from um, yeah, in relation to the resourcing and supporting of international rules. Okay. Okay. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank so, Katra, on to the challenges that international companies face, then, in terms of resourcing and and supporting employees in difficult times. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Walla has uh, said a little bit about the challenges that, um, as well, companies are uh, facing. You know, uh, the global mobility system. You know, the, is is based on the traditional models. So. When we got this challenge regarding the COVID-19, I think it challenged everybody, you know, any companies. And it was a lot of people that as well was laid off uh, and uh, to figure out how can we take care of them and their families in such a challenging time. What do we do? Because now we have these people who are working for top level international companies. They don't have any community around them. Suddenly everything is online, it's homeschooling in a new country. Like you are dropping them down and the companies are struggling. Okay, how can we actually take care of them now that we are online? Mm -hmm. We need to figure out, you know, how to manage to navigate, you know, through these challenges. And uh, one thing that I have seen is, is through this, uh, you know, the COVID-19, I think it just has emphasized the importance of digital tools, how important it is to, mm-hmm. to take care of them uh, when a, a situation like this hits any company, you know, any mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. That, that, that is international. Because uh, what Wala mentioned regarding, you know, we are a lot of people, international employees, they are stranded in these new, all these different countries. They, they are worried about their families. They are worried about the situation. They don't, you know, they have to, they have to look at all the new regulation and all the, you know, regarding the COVID-19, what to do. And the companies really struggles of, you know, follow that up at the same time, take care of their well-being. 
Mm. What the companies, uh, I, I see more and more now, they, I see that they are having a focus on, we see that it will be, uh, and it is, you know, a, a challenging regarding the emotional part of um, this COVID-19 that hits mm. many, especially in the global mobility um, uh, industry, uh, because what we are seeing is, yeah, you know, the the first instinct that the first thing that happened with us is that uh, is that the people, you know, and the companies, they focus on just making things happen, you know, just handle the situation, you know, and don't think about how we can rather take care of them of their well being. What we are have, we are seeing now that we see that people are now realizing, wow. Mm. That mm. you know, mm. it hits me. It is my family is affecting. So how can we take care of that? And mm. I think one thing that I hope, of course, with generation mobility is something that we are doing. And Louise, you are a part of it. <laughs> is making your time available through our platform sailors that can help uh, companies and their employees and individuals uh, to um, get services for free in this in uh, May and June, so they can. Um, take care of their well-being at uh, at, the, at this challenging time. So mm-hmm. I think uh, companies are realizing it uh, hopefully now, and I hope that we are able to provide the, the services that is really needed in these challenging times. But Alicia, please, if you have any comments regarding the uh, regarding that, um, mm. that yes. Yeah, I think um, the the thing that I was thinking when everyone was talking is we talked a lot about the COVID, but even before COVID, we know that many companies were, you know, when it comes to relocation, they're really good at finding good companies that can drop off the packages, right? Mm -hmm. And we wait for those packages, but there was no one waiting for us. Maybe about 20% of the larger companies had someone there that could support us in a new country. Um, So that's one thing. But I also think from a business perspective, if you want to be a global company, then we know that people, global talent, that you, the top talent, they want experiences. They're looking for companies that are offering not just, you know, the basics anymore. They want an experience and to have a good experience, you have to take care of the entire person personally and professionally. And we understand to do that, that you cannot leave out the family members, right? Because just like when I moved abroad, when I was upset because I was having difficulties, it affected my husband. He stayed home more. At one point he even said to me, if you want to go home, we will go home. How much would that have really cost the company? You know, not only the relocation costs, not only the project that he was working on, not only the replacement costs for that person, the reputation of the project, language classes, immigration, the list goes on and on. And many companies don't quantify or qualify this. And we want to change that. We want to not only help them have a holistic uh, approach to going mobile, but a holistic approach to taking care of the employee and the people that are traveling with them. And that's prior to COVID. Now, during COVID, we see that they need it even more. And like, mm. I think Walla mentioned, my husband, he was in Norway and I was in America and we didn't know if he was going to be able to come. Mm. We didn't know, you know, if he, if I, if I would be with him during this pandemic or we would be separated. And that period of time of uncertainty was super scary. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, and I can't imagine people, some people, there are students that are abroad still not with their families. Mm. What support do they get? Is there, and that's where we come in. And so just yeah. to close that, that part out. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. great, fantastic. Um, it's really interesting, actually, just before I started talking to you, I was just thinking about, you know, we're kind of, with expats, we have this, you know, on the one hand, COVID has opened up this vulnerability in many ways for expats in terms of, I mean, okay, you could argue there was vulnerability before, but it has heightened that in terms of, yes. you know, separating families, students not being in the right place, mm-hmm. um, and, and not being able to travel home, wherever home mm-hmm. might be, not even perhaps for some knowing where home is. I mean, I guess that's mm-hmm. another, another challenging question many expats and internationals face. But then on the other hand, I think they have, and often people who have relocated and lived abroad have such skills and strengths they've developed through that process that are directly related to being able to handle and manage this kind of challenge mm-hmm. um, so for organizations they have that resource and that could be such a powerful one if they were to yes. really look at it and understand it and i think often organizations don't because they move yeah. someone to do a particular role and then they move them back again but they don't really see what they're developing as a you know, a resource for, for, for the future organisational development. So I love all these connections. It's, it's, it's sort of a real power, really powerful that you're drawing those together. Um, because I think, as you said at the beginning, you know, so much of the support that companies provide is about the practical um, su- services, getting somebody from A to B. And I, that was really highlighted to me at the beginning of the whole the corona issue in the UK there was a an online LinkedIn um, discussion um, with two well, I think one was a global mobility representative from an organization the other was a relocation consultant and they were talking about all the practical issues the really important yes I agree totally practical and very mm-hmm. important in terms of duty of care in terms of visas and immigration mm-hmm. status and all those things that they really did need to know and how they were tracking mm-hmm. where employees were and how they and then at the end the um interviewer said and so what are you thinking and doing to support the emotional well-being of these employees silence mm-hmm. oh we mm-hmm. haven't really started thinking about that that yet mm-hmm. and i'm not sure that has actually evolved <laughs> in the conversation in the previous things i've watched as well so it's it's really an area that needs focus and attention so mm-hmm. fantastic you're bringing um that attention mm-hmm. at, to the whole situation so sort of linking then from what you've talked about in terms of mm-hmm. challenges faced by the individuals and, and the companies, how is generation mobility going to help from mm-hmm. an individual perspective, but also from a, a corporate company perspective too? Absolutely. So um, generation mobility um, as a company is we're developing, if you can think about it, a, a digital companion. This companion, instead of you traveling alone, you will have this companion that will begin to understand the movement of people and help you map out your journey abroad emotionally, check in with you, connect you to resources and people that can, that have been there before that will help you uh, adjust and thrive personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. And when COVID came, we had to shift a little bit, not necessarily shift, but we wanted to do something. We were like, you know what? I know that we're focused on helping businesses, giving them this tool so that they could help their employees. But how do we help the people like us that are abroad and that are suffering and that are having emotional responses to COVID, the COVID pandemic? And that's, so what we are offering today to address that specifically, one is a community. 
We have a, a community of what we call Thrive Abroad experts, and those are mental health professionals from around the world. Right now, and you can reach them, we're so segmented. If you go to different countries, you can go expat counseling and this and that, and we're so segmented. But our goal is to draw these people into one com community, a community built by us, for us. Because what we know is when people move countries, a lot of times they sometimes their skills aren't even leveraged. You have all these professionals, like I was in Norway, I was licensed, I was diagnosing and treating mental illness in America at, at, with the Department of Mental Health. But in Norway, of course, I will probably uh, I'm not a psychologist, right? Mm -hmm. So I fell in these cracks. Mm -hmm. And I was and, and but but there were so many people once I understood how I could use my talent that needed my service that needed what uh, my story, mm -hmm. right? And so the community and the community is for the Thrive Abroad experts to actually showcase themselves offer services and things like that. But also, it's a community for people that are living abroad, whether students, married, global professionals, as well as companies uh, to come and get more information about that journey. The second part of that that we made available, which is just one product of what we're doing with the Digital Complainant, is an online counseling platform. This counseling platform, we're not here to uh, assess mental illness. You're not going to walk away with a diagnosis from us. We are here to give you the tools for the common challenges of, uh, of thriving abroad emotionally. And so though everybody on our platform has to have some type of license or permission to practice in the country where they live, um, um, and they do, so they're highly qualified, highly educated mental health professionals, we're not going to diagnose you. We're going to tell you our story because everyone has lived abroad before, and we're going to give you interventions and things to help you thrive. Um, and that's what we're doing today. And we're doing it for free for the months of May and June. Uh, it's a beta right now because we launched this early. This was not going to be ready until the summer. So there are some kinks, but it is working. Uh, I had my first appointment last week, and hopefully as we continue to the stabilize it more and more people. But the goal is that companies would contact us and companies would say, you know what? I don't know how to get counseling to my people globally. I know that you have Thrive Abroad experts. Right now we have 20 countries, 25 languages so far. And we want to be available for companies to say, please, please help my, mm -hmm. help my employees mm -hmm. and their family members. So that's where yeah. we are. Yeah. yeah. And can I just add that the, the unique thing with the platform is as well, that um, uh, as you know, Louise, as well, uh, all the all the thri abroad experts they have experience transitioning abroad, mm. and they have the cultural sensitivity, understanding of how it is to move to a new country. So you don't just have the language, but you have the experience and you have the cultural understanding of what requires to thrive to a new country and the challenges that you will meet. Mm. So you will m meet with people that really truly understand you. Fantastic. Yeah. And actually, it strikes me as the one thing that I've often thought about, you know, employee assisted programs that are what often uh, part of the contribution that or the, the support that companies offer is that they, they are providing, you know, the counselling services for mental ill health. But I always like to think, you know, mental wellness is a bit like physical wellness and it's a continuum. And that, you know, most people who relocate are perhaps challenging and challenged in some way mentally, but they are not mentally unwell. Um, and so this kind of support, you know, at the right time, I think could be really powerful in terms of helping people to, yeah, to develop happy and 
well-balanced lives abroad you know by you know, being able to talk to people who understand as you say and, and get it and get the challenges so you said yeah. it's so key because I do think it's so key to understand that um that so we don't want people to contact us because they have an issue. We want to do preventative work. That's why we want to provide a digital companion before you go. I remember when I was moving, I Googled everything I, about the new country I was going to. But what if we gave you, I mean, of course, we're still going to do that. We're excited at that point. But now I have this digital companion, not that's walking with me because something's wrong, but they've been there before and they're going to be able to answer questions as I go. And I think we really want to, so that we promote mental wellness in a, in a preventative yeah. type of way. We don't want people to crash. It costs money once people start crashing. Lower engagement, people go home early, you know, they call in sick and things like that. And so preventative work is what we really want to do in a holistic way and that people mm-hmm. don't have to travel alone emotionally ever again. <laughs> no. and, that we, and that we leverage the professionalism of all these experts like you that are abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we can't, we haven't been in every country, but what if we tap into someone or multiple people? That's, that's what we do. And that's mm-hmm. why it has to be mm-hmm. a community built by us for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I see yeah. that, you know, is what is interesting in uh, regards to what you are saying, Alicia, is um, it's not just about, you know, like international companies, but as well as governments, they, they are truly really know to invest in preventive solutions it costs the country less than you know yeah. uh, than um, when when it hit the hit the company mm. or the government and the mm. work that they need to do uh, afterwards. It costs them much more. Is it, I don't think is enough research we have out there that will say the same thing. So it's just um, a matter of choice. Mm. Yes. 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 So I hope the government and the international companies really choose wisely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's also about timely intervention, isn't it? Because the one thing that has always struck me as I've moved around and met people, you know, internationally, is that we all hit different challenges at different times. And so we're reaching out. So the support isn't needed necessarily in week one of a relocation, because actually week one, you're often very busy and involved in the practical aspects. And you're not actually thinking too deeply about your mental well-being mm-hmm. or, you know, if you're talking about identity and career and how you're going to evolve that as a partner, you know, that comes a bit later down the line. So having that access to support in a timely way, I think is, is really important. That's something that I've talked about with my clients and 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 yet you often don't see it in the way in which the models of support are set up so yes and this is where i think technology can help right is because you're right that honeymoon space right Mm. there are still things if you if you think about it so if you give someone a tool that they can use all the way through in their mind we're going under the stigma right this is a low threshold model we're saying it's not meant it's not about it's just mental wellness it's like you might get something that says, hey, I see it's winter in Norway. Here's some things that you can do to stay happy. You know, yeah. it's those low threshold things that gives us access and permission and builds this relationship mm-hmm. that when I do, you know, if something does happen, I'm like, I know where I can go. Yeah. And that's what we want to yeah. be. That's what we yeah. want to do. It's almost like fire drill, right? When you practice yeah. the fire drill, when there's no fire, then finally there's a fire, you know exactly what to do. And that's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's like, while you mentioned um, limbo, I was quite limbo land, but you know, every many expats, yeah. we've all gone through that time when we've been waiting to hear company decisions or whatever. And that can be such a difficult time for people. And um, yeah, it's certainly not a time that's supported, I don't think, by 
you know, company support programs. <laughs> in fact, they do the opposite because they, you know, mean their policies mean that people are left in limbo land. So yeah, and there is many, you know, probably that there is many both yeah. like company, but management level and HR, you know, to ha- to um, handle limbo is not an you know it's not easy easy um easy thing so i i believe you you need to you know have companies uh, like generation mobility that understands you know you, ha- you have the experts that know how it is to be in a limbo and can mm-hmm. help you uh, and assist you through that um and and you know uh, honestly when i look back and uh, and look at you know how my parents hit the ground you know because because they didn't get the preventative uh, solution early enough mm. uh, and i see it in many many others it it really have cost governments and companies a lot a lot of resources and uh, money to tackle yes. afterwards mm-hmm. so but you have an experience regarding that so it seems that you understand very well what it means yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, and, and I think the other thing that's come clear to me over the years is when you get a community of, of people, international people together who have experienced change and transition and moved frequently, or just once, I don't know, there is a, there's an immediate connection and understanding, isn't there? And I think that's what you're talking about in terms of generational mobility, that people get it. And that's, that's the thing, you know, you immediately say, oh, I see you and I see your challenges and I understand them. Um, for what they are, that you don't have to explain it to me because I've, I've felt that and I get it. And that's just so powerful because it means you're seen and you're heard and you're understood. Um, so, fun. yeah, great. Is there anything else you want to share about generation mobility or do you think we've... Voila, do you have anything else you'd like to share? Uh, no, but uh, really like uh, we have a saying that we truly, we truly believe in is that when, uh, and that's also lies between beneath our passion and what we're doing, is that when the I is replaced with a we, even illness becomes a wellness. So we almost uh, think of that collectively. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a lovely, I think, I kind of think that's a lovely note to finish the conversation on. That really is great. Thank yeah. you. Thank um, you. Absolutely. So if people listening and they would like to get in touch with you, what's their best next step? I think the first step is to, uh, we want to give out an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, companies can email us at info at genm.global. Of okay. course, they can always go to our website, www.genm.global as well. Okay. okay. Yes. Great. Well, I will put those in the show notes so that um, if people are wanting to, find out more they can go and look at the show notes and access those those details so thank you we'd like to ask you is there anything we could do for you being an expert abroad oh anything you could do for me i don't know um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean perhaps we can talk about my my book i mean so many of the things that you've discussed and talked about i kind of address all attempt to address in the book that I wrote mm-hmm. thriving abroad the same name as the podcast but it's about supporting people through transition and change and recognizing that it is a a process it's not a one-off you know move from a to b and then everything is fine um people you know have highs and lows and and emotions go up and down and and there are things that need to people need to cope with in different ways throughout the the transition and the experience and then often people cycle through it again as they move on again so it's um yeah i just see many parallels there between what you're speaking about and and what i wrote about so yeah 
Well, we'd love to promote it. If you send us some information, we'll make sure okay. we we'll share yeah. it with our yeah, community definitely. as well. Thank you. Definitely will. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks very much for your time. I've really enjoyed speaking to you all. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this interview has inspired you to think about how you collaborate in life and to perhaps go and take a look at the Generation Mobility platform. If you'd like to access the show notes, remember you can go to thrivingabroad.com and look for episode 17. Please help me to get the word out about this podcast and review and rate the show. This will help to get the podcast listed more prominently and so help to get the information out to more people who would benefit, benefit from it. I'll be back soon with the next instalment. Meanwhile, if I can be of any support to you through your international journey, then please do get in touch. You can do that using the contact form on the Thriving Abroad website or email me louise at louisewiles.com. Wherever this podcast finds you in the world, please stay safe and well. Thank you.